Welcome to this week's episode of Peak to Pit. I'm Allie Peak alongside TJ Pittinger. College football is uh, actually happening. We just had two weeks down. It's been a, a pared down version of college football the last two weeks, but this week it's going to be hot and heavy. This is a uh, not safe for work show if you're already bringing that into the uh, into the phrases. No, it's definitely going to be better. Again, I don't think there are any like just absolutely prolific games or anything. No, but we got some real conferences weeks, playing football. Yeah, we'll take it. Um, you know, UAB Miami play tomorrow night on Thursday. The NFL is actually back tomorrow night too. I, I'm not even really that excited about it because I just think Kansas City actually blows Houston out, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, real football is back. I, you know, it's like wanted to get excited about the games this weekend. None of them were were very good. I mean, I watched them all. I had them all on. They weren't great, but they. Uh, I didn't watch the Monday night game. That, that game got out of hand so quickly. Um, but yeah, I mean, glad glad that it's back. My team plays. Um, the the favorite to win the national championship plays on Saturday. Like real football with real teams are, are has has returned finally. So I don't know how long it'll last. Knock on wood, but. Um, well, you know, if <laughs> if the last two weeks are any indication, I mean, it it's looking good right now, right? I mean, I yeah, haven't. I, I really... know these teams. The teams that played two weeks ago are the two teams really to kind of pay attention to because there's been a long enough period of time that's passed that if somebody was going to get sick, it would have happened, right? And these players are getting tested yeah. on those two teams three times a week, so. And I say that, and I say that mostly in jest. I can't imagine a healthy football players that play other healthy football players don't transfer COVID. You know, they're they're getting this stuff from like their parties off campus. Sure. We, you know, Florida's first opponent had like twenty seven guys miss a scrimmage this week due to having COVID and stuff like that, or due to, due to COVID protocols. I don't know that they all twenty seven had them, but contact tracing and stuff like that is probably right a lot of these people they make a quarantine so it doesn't mean that they they didn't get that yeah they didn't get that from playing other healthy players they got that from being out out the door going to a party a bar whatever yeah yeah. the actual games themselves are not a high which is a stupid reason to cancel a season because you know the games itself do not increase people's chances of of it's actually even stupider when you factor in that the, some of the the leagues that are or the the conferences that are not playing are allowing practices and lifts and eating at you know sports dining halls and stuff. You Which know, just that, really that makes it even more ridiculous. I, I, yeah, I don't even think it's about liability at that point. It is just truly all political. You know, it. There's no other. Thing that you could say about it. If you're allowing practices and you're allowing the teams, if 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 somebody goes to a party and then comes to practice and gets it and doesn't know it and goes to practice and infects everybody, that still hits the the team and the conference and the college and everything else, you know. And so, right. well, uh, to me, it's just it was it was all a political move to to not have it. I don't well, mean political think- in the sense of like Republican versus Democrat. I just mean no. like. You know, the optics. It's the optics is exactly what it is. And I think that it's uh, they relied on what has turned out to be some faulty information. But I also think that they thought they'd lead and everyone would follow. And when everybody didn't, it was kind of like, oh, shoot, this is this might not 
look so good for us. But I do think so, so many people were so dug in that they thought the optics were worse if they changed course, which I think is silly because I think, and not just about football, life in general, if you see that you made a mistake, there's no harm in changing course. But I think that sometimes people get so wrapped up in how that would look that they don't do the right thing, even if it's later than they should have decided to do the right thing. Yeah. And people's pride gets in the middle of it as well, right? Like, nope, they don't want to, these powerful um, dictators at these conferences and colleges and things like that, like they don't want to say we were wrong. You know, I mean, I I don't want to say I'm wrong and I'm a nobody. So like, I I get it, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, Uh, They're going to be real sad that it was wrong in November. Oh, I mean, it sucks to suck. I mean, it, and maybe they just believe the lie that they'll have a spring season. You know, maybe they know that that's they not can't happening. Be that just dumb. But it just, it. you know, it's not just a football season, though. Think about all of the people who have lost jobs or been furloughed. Kyle Whittingham at Utah got furloughed this week. How do you think that does for recruiting? I mean, does that mean Utah is yeah. not going to have a football program just indefinitely? How does that work? You can't not have an athletic director and a head football coach indefinitely, but then think you're going to have like spring sports. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, and then the other, you know, all the other programs and stuff that are getting shut down around the country because football brings in all the money. I mean, you have to have right. football to make any money for, right. the, this for is the season. And so not just about it football. just impacts so much. Yeah. yeah. And, and the university itself. I mean, you know, football makes more money than any other, I mean, at most schools than anything, anywhere else in the, in the university does. I mean, everything else. So anyway, yeah, it's, we've kind of harped on that and, and talked about it a ton. Um, Florida state, Georgia tech this weekend. Are you excited? I am. I'm, you know, I'm excited for you. Cause I know that you're happy. I'm excited. Uh, like, Listen, growing up, my dad used to always say that the truest Gator fans cheered for Florida State every week except the week that they played. You want them to come into that game undefeated because it's better if you win and it's better if you lose if the team that you're losing to is undefeated. So I, I'm here for it. I want I want to see Florida State do well. Cool. I'll take it. I mean, I do too because I'm tired of seeing this look like dog crap for you know the last two and a half, three years. Um, it's such a cliche, but college Tech. football is more fun when Florida State and Miami is, are good. It's more fun for the state as a whole. Yeah, I mean, social media is more fun when you guys suck. I mean, like 2013 <laughs> and 14 and 15 and 16 were a lot of fun. Well, yeah, last lie. year was a so, lot of fun for, for me, so I get that. Yeah, so I mean, college football is just fun when your team is good. Like, that's when college football is <laughs> the most fun. And then, you know, like, yes, it is more fun to – uh, win a top five matchup against a, a, a big rival, or I think the last time it was a uh, uh, air quotes good game was 2015. Both teams were ranked in the top 15 ish or so, you know. But um, yeah, it, it's it, that's a lot of fun when, when you can win that. But I mean, it's also fun when your team sucks and the other team sucks and your team's good. Like I don't I don't look back at 2013 and think like, oh man, I sure wish Florida would have been better that year. And I'm sure you don't look back at 2008 or six and think. Oh man, I wish Florida State didn't suck that. Like you just, you know, it's it's fun when your team's good yeah. at the end of the day. <laughs> so um 12 and a half point favorite. We'll get to a pick'em segment here in a little bit, but 12 and a half point favorite, meaning 
Uh, if Florida State loses this, it's a big, big problem. Uh, this is right. the second least talented team that they'll play this year. Uh, this is the worst team in the ACC. It will be starting a true freshman quarterback in Jeff Sims that actually flipped from Florida State, um, committed to Georgia Tech kind of last minute. Uh, you know, everybody everybody says with every commit that, oh, we didn't have room or, oh, we told him to leave or, oh, we forced him out. But he decommitted. You know, the day after he met with Mike Norvell and committed to committed to Georgia Tech, and and the the rumors out of that were, you know, Mike Norvell said like, eh, we don't really have. I mean, most most kids don't decommit and recommit somewhere else the day after a coach visit. So I think it may right. be one of those rare cases where where Mike Norvell really did tell him like, hey, we kind of want to go in a different direction. You you know, this may not be the best fit because uh, he wasn't a Mike Norvell guy, right? Like he was recruiting under Taggart, and so. Um, I'm sure he'll be amped to play, but at the same time, he's a true freshman with no spring and a weird off season. So uh, Florida state should be able to out talent them. Uh, Mike Norvell having coached no games is, is a better X's nose coach than Collins. And so Florida state should win the game. And if, if they don't, it's a massive, massive problem. And if they lose this, I mean, I'm not going to say they, they don't win another game outside of Jacksonville state, but the, every team that they play outside of Jacksonville state is better than Georgia tech. So right, um, right. They, they need to, they need to win this weekend. And I think they will. I mean, I think Vegas thinks they will. I think ESPN thinks they will. I think Georgia tech probably thinks they will, but <laughs> uh, they need to, they need to take care of business this weekend for sure. Um, Georgia Tech always gets weird. You know, we, we um, always, lo- I, it's we not Georgia just tech. Florida state yeah. too. I, I feel like they play, most people so close. Well, they used to run the triple option. They've had a little trouble switching away from that to a regular offense. Um, right. They, their passing numbers are terrible last year. They looked like a, the passing numbers from a triple option offense, um, even though they weren't running it anymore. Uh, but Georgia Tech, I mean, not that this has any bearing on what will happen in three days, but I mean, Georgia Tech played a, 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 um, a 28 and 0 streak Florida State team in 2014 to a two point game. Um, Florida State won that ACC championship by two with a lot of NFL players on it. Um, and then, you know, in 2015, Georgia Tech had the walk off blocked kick six. Um, and so it continues to, it's always kind of weird in that game. Um, but I expect, you know, Florida State to, Florida, Georgia Tech won three games last year. I mean, half as many as Florida State did. Um, they were able to luck up and, and beat a Miami team that also wasn't very good, but they were much less talented than that. So I think if Florida State plays really, really poorly, I mean, the possibility of losing exists. But right. again, I, I don't, I don't think that it happens. And for everyone involved's sake, it it really should not happen this weekend, or else it's not or a good sign for the rest I'm of the gonna, season. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give up on the season. Yeah, I'm gonna give up on the season. Although I will say, again, so I. For early season games that are not against complete cupcakes, and I mean, I, Georgia Georgia Tech is a cupcake in terms of looking at the rest of your schedule, but Georgia Tech is not a cupcake in that it's not Western Kentucky or something like that. But that's that's why I'm kind of a fan of cupcake games in the beginning, because I feel like weird things happen in the beginning. You kind of got to get used to being on the field again. You got to get used to... Uh, uh, you know, I guess you don't have to get used to playing in front of a large crowd again because there will be none. But I just feel like the beginning of the season is always weird. And uh, so it is a little bit stressful to me to be playing a game that matters because this year every game 
fully matters. You know, you you limp into Western Kentucky 99% of the time, it's okay. It's a lot more difficult to be unsure of yourself against a conference opponent week one. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, you look at, I mean, look at the way that, you know, teams typically schedule and look at what ends up happening with that. Florida State hasn't won an opening uh, week game since 2016 against Ole Miss um, and had to come back from 22 down um, to win that one. You know, you just, it was a new quarterback, um, a lot of changes. It was not a home game for Florida State, and and they were very close to, to getting upset there against, I mean, a quality, you know, an SEC op- opponent that, um, you know, could have been big time trouble. You look at um, other times that Florida State has scheduled and won in the past, week one, they've scheduled cupcakes. Florida uh, had Miami last year, had Michigan a couple years ago, lost the Michigan game, beat Miami, you know, but typically has scheduled much weaker opponents to start. And I've always been a fan of that. Schedule your later. I mean, it's tough to schedule tough stuff later. And I get that, you know, a lot of teams like, you know, Alabama's not going to agree to play you in the bulk, you know, in November, you know, when they're playing Auburn and LSU and everybody else already anyway. But yeah, I've always been a fan of scheduling easier later. I mean, or uh, earlier, um, at the end of the day, you're always going to have Florida at the end of the year. You're always going to have Clemson. You're always going to have Miami, whether they're good or not. I mean, you know, that, that's beside the point. But, yeah, so I agree with you. I think that the the chance of an upset, I mean, for both our teams, the spreads are very similar. Um, you know, 10, 11, 12 points for, for us against Georgia Tech, 10, 11, 12 points for you guys in Ole Miss. Um, things get weird when you're playing against another Power 5 or SEC or ACC school that – has a lot of talent. I mean, and that's the one thing like you really can't coach. Like at the end of the day, you can struggle all you want um, in an opening game, and you'll just out talent that sure, other team sure. most of the time. It's it's not basketball. It's not you know, a team gets hot and just keeps hitting threes or or whatever. Like you're just going to out talent them. But right. Florida is obviously much more talented than Ole Miss. Florida State's obviously much more talented than Georgia Tech, but they're not like. It's not like playing it's, a It's not light years apart. It's, right, exactly. Right. Well, I mean, even think about Florida Miami last year. For uh, I think that it looked like those teams were far more comparable week 1 than it would have looked had that game happened week 11. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, you know, a lot of factors in that. I mean, Florida should still want to run away with that game, but a lot of factors in that such as um, you know, you're coming off the off off season. And I mean, Miami's talent, the talent gap being, I mean, Miami is more like pound for pound talented than, than Ole Miss will be this year. Um, they're horribly coached. Um, but Miami last year versus, you know, Ole Miss this year, sure. but Miami's talent was the only thing that kept them right, in that game. Right. And, and Miami's talent will picks. always keep them in games because, just the, by virtue of being in South Florida, you, you've got your pick, even you're if gonna, you had a terrible season. Athletes. I mean, you're going to have that. Yeah, they weren't. Yeah, quarterback play was terrible last year. Like, Jerry Williams didn't play super well, but they ran off a couple of long runs, broke a few tackles, and stayed in the game, you know, made a couple plays when they had to. Um, they weren't, like, well-coached. They weren't doing anything special. It was just a, a week zero, week one game, and Miami's talent, you know, kept them in it. 
as long as they could. I mean, did better, much better than I thought they would. I thought Florida yeah. would blow them out and probably so, should have. So let me ask you a question. Um, has Florida State, have you heard anything about what their philosophy is in practice? I, I was blown away watching the BYU Navy game when they were saying that Navy had yet to have actual live tackling happen in practice because they were afraid of COVID, which I think we saw on Monday night exactly the problem with not having live tackling in practice. But that's not anything that Florida State has been practicing, right? Like that, that really caught me off guard. Yeah, I'll quit before the season starts if if a report like that comes out about us. Um, so no, I I don't think that's the case. Um, hasn't been reported. There's not a lot of practice videos or anything that's coming out, right? Like reporters. Yeah, that's in there. been different this uh, off like season, just because nobody's there, right, for any of these teams. Yeah. So you know, I mean, I don't really believe anything the coaches say coming out of practice anyway. Oh, everybody looks good, and everybody's like doing this, or you know, Jimbo used to. Jimbo used to say like practices were terrible and that's kind of when you knew we had a good practice and when he said that things look good that's kind of, uh, yeah the the opposite you know he's I mean Jay, I mean the, obviously the, the the repeated story is that Jameis got kicked out of pra- the last practice before the national championship um you know so whatever you know who who knows but I don't trust coach speak anyway but I certainly don't trust this week with no reporters there to back him up right you know? right um it's all just kind of bs and coach speak and you know who knows until until you see kind of what happens or what comes out do you feel like your standards are slightly lower this season in terms of what you would find acceptable on the field right at the very beginning because you're just so happy that they're back um i think your expectations are lower i think the standard is the standard right like the standard at florida state is to compete for national titles to win the acc right and that's something that we haven't done in a while but the standard for florida though we all know knew last year going to the year that florida and florida state weren't going to win a national title that's still the standard your expectations should adjust though yeah like mike norvell if if Pete, we're going to kind of go game by game for both of our teams, but if Mike Norvell goes six and five and we look competent in You're every okay game, with that. except for yeah, of course, you know, like we've we've had guys lining up the wrong way, you know, for <sighs> three years or two years. So like, and not only the wrong way is it in terms of like not on the line, like facing the wrong direction. So yeah, if we just yeah <laughs> are if if we are well, we're going to get game by game later. But yeah, if we just. I won't be thrilled with six and five, but a six and five in a year where you um, don't really get to play as many cupcakes as you would normally. Like they took Boston College and uh, definitely a six and, and five Forest this year off. is very different than a six and five most years. Six and, yeah, six and five this year is probably about an eight and four. I mean, they took they took Wake Forest, Boston College, and Syracuse off of our schedule and gave us North Carolina, Pitt, and. Notre Dame. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, the trade-off there is right. terrible. UNC's got the most hype in the ACC minus uh, Clemson, obviously. You just gave us Notre Dame. That's an auto loss. And then Pitt has one of the best defenses. I, I'd still think we beat Pitt. But yeah. anyway, we lost three automatic wins. Like three teams right. Taggart beat, right? right. Boston College. Right. And so, yeah, like now I don't really think that translates to recruiting because I don't think a recruit looks at it and says, ah, oh, six and five, but there's a pandemic. That's really like eight and four. But if we go six and five this year and show improvement, that that's really like an eight and four I mean, record. But like think about like year. you also have the opportunity. What if you go seven and four and one of those is that you upset Notre Dame? I mean, things like that could help recruiting. There are more opportunities Absolutely. to Be shock massive. the world um, with this schedule than the previous one. There's obviously more 
opportunity to look like I don't I I'm, I'm going to censor myself. Not look good. Um that way you don't have to make this a PG-13 show or whatever. Um but I think that honestly in a year where you've resigned yourself to the fact that it's a rebuild, right? And uh, that no matter what you're not getting to the national championship, odds are you're not getting to the ACC championship. So having an opportunity to really kind of cut your teeth for these new players, this new system against some better teams is not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, it's kind of a good litmus test. And the other thing is that I think that there is such a large gap between Clemson and the number two team in the conference and no one actually knows who that number two team sure. is, right? Like sure. North Carolina has a ton. I mean, Notre Dame this year, but like just for, you know, a normal year and Notre Dame may finish second this year, but I, I don't think that really matters. Cause again, Clemson is just going to be there at Brandon. But I think that, um, you know, Miami has a lot of hype and ESPN's picking FSU to win that game. Uh, North yeah. Carolina has a lot of hype and, ESPN's picking Florida State to win that game. UNC went six and six last year. You know, um, they, there's a lot of hype, but again, they they were. I mean, they won their bowl game. Florida State lost their bowl game. That you know, it's so like it's really two of the same. And everybody's down on Florida State, but way higher on UNC. And it's like, well, why? You know, like um, so UNC's best win last year was losing to Clemson by one. You know, which it was probably Clemson's worst game of the year. You know, so um, you know, I don't know. I don't think there's a a definitive second best team. I think that there is uh, Clemson far and above number one. And then I think there's a, 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 a group of teams that are just vying for number two. That probably includes Miami. That probably includes North Carolina. Uh, Florida State may be there. They may just be a tier below because we just don't know. But that's the thing. Like, we don't know. But right. we'll find out soon. We'll find out really, really soon. You know, kind of what ends up happening. I think that. This weekend will be telling. We know Georgia Tech's not very good. And so Florida State needs to look like the better team. There will be mistakes. It's a weird offseason. I don't expect us to just come out and just knock their socks off. And gosh, I feel like an 80-year-old saying that. But just absolutely dominate or anything like that. But, uh, you know, we'll kind of we'll kind of look at it there and see. So week one of our Pick'em Challenge uh, didn't go super well for anybody. Um, we, uh, we'll just recap them real quick. So I hit on South Alabama plus 14 and a half. They actually won that game. I was pleasantly surprised with that. Um, when you take a two touchdown dog and they lead the whole way, it's nice to not be nervous about it. Um, I also hit on army minus three. They beat the heck out of middle Tennessee state. We both missed on SMU in Memphis. Um, and you hit on BYU plus two. Um, I don't that that was absolutely awful. I mean, there that game looked like the Army game, just the other way. You hit on it, so you went one and four. I went two and three. Not super impressive, but I no. really feel like we're going to rebound this week. Um, well, it's hard to do worse. I mean, I guess in theory we could, but it would be difficult. But I think that part of it is picking games with teams that you know zero about is difficult. Um, and, so, and so early in the year it, and you know whether you know about them or not it's tough to do it week one for sure you know because you haven't seen anybody play like you're just well, totally spreads make it really hard too because I, I mean we obviously have to pick one person or the other but when you look at something that's like a 22 point spread you're like okay well it, 
odds. Obviously, Vegas thinks this one team is way better than the other team, but also 22 points is a shitload of points. So do I really gamble on that? These are yeah, not games no, I put I, a lot of money on. Not at all. So speaking of massive spreads, we got more this week. So we, if you're listening to this, we started a pick challenge. I've tweeted a couple of times, but if you message me anywhere, I'll, I'll send you guys the link. Um, and you can kind of pick some of these games that we're doing too. But I picked five for this week that we'll do on air. These are like the real ones. Um, we'll start with Thursday night. Miami minus 13 and a half against UAB. So I am actually going to take UAB to cover. I don't think UAB wins, but I think UAB covers. Gotcha. I uh, I disagree. I, I've got Miami, but I would love to be wrong. Um, and I would yeah, part of this that I want to be UAB. wrong, or I want to be right. I mean, yeah, but. yeah, I want UAB to cover and win and win convincingly. I don't think it happens, but I, I want them to. Um, North Carolina minus 20 and a half, two and a half against Syracuse. Man, I really want to take Syracuse here, but they are just so god awful. Um, that's I literally the exact same Syrac- thought I had. I'm gonna take Syracuse, um, because I'm just gonna guess that I mean, UNC's offense is so good. Oh, god, I'm taking Syracuse just because I hate all the UNC hype. I'm taking UNC, but I there's part of me that wanted to take Syracuse. 22 and a half is a lot of points, and it's the first game of the year, but Syracuse is just so bad, so I'm taking North Carolina to cover. Notre Dame, minus 20 and a half against Duke. Um, I, I like Notre Dame here. I just do not think Duke is very good, so I'll take the Fighting Irish. I'm going to take Notre Dame too, although this is another one that kind of gave me pause. Not because I think Duke is any good. I just don't think Notre Dame is as good as everybody thinks that Notre Dame is. Um, I don't think they go undefeated this year. I don't think, I think they win at least, or excuse me, lose at least two games. I just don't think it's Duke that upsets them. Yeah, and that game could be closer, but I mean, Duke, uh, if Georgia Tech's the worst team in the ACC, then our Duke is second, right? Like yeah. they're right there with them. Yeah. And so I just, you know, Duke, uh, Notre Dame does have, have to play uh, Florida State. I, I think they win that, but they, they also have to play Louisville and Pittsburgh and they play Clemson. So I think they certainly lose that. They have to go on the road to Boston College in November and UNC. So yeah, I could see them losing a game or two on the stretch. Again, I, I just don't think it's this week. They also play USF. So go, go Bulls. Um, yeah, that was Louisville. a nice uh, little setup that they got there. UCF's probably pretty pissed. Oh, they just think they're above that, I believe. You know, Notre Dame um, wouldn't give them home and home, so what are you going to do? Apparently not play anybody good. Yeah, Louisville minus 11.5 against Western Kentucky. I'm going to take Louisville. Okay, I am as well. Sorry, I no suspense there. It, it spreads... I feel like when the spreads are this low and I don't have to pick against a 20-point spread, like I'll, I'll be all about it. And then the last one, the big one, um, I mean, at least for me, Florida State's 12.5 right now. This opened up at 10.5, 11. Uh, I'll, take, I'll take FSU to cover. I'm going to take FSU too. I have some confidence in them for you. Let's go. I'll bring you a garnet shirt on Saturday. Um, there you go. So we picked the same thing in three games. The only ones that matter are Miami, UAB, and UNC Clemson. Uh, UNC Clemson. UNC Syracuse. Um, 
let's go real quick. We don't have to be super long with this. We've been on for, let's see if I can tell some time here, 29 minutes. So yeah, we can do this and then kind of talk about maybe a couple other things real quick and then get out of here. But I want to go game by game. Um, you see, you're a homer though. So you're going to pick Florida in all of these games, I can tell, but we'll still do it. Um, we'll do, we'll do, we'll do Florida States first. Um, I want to look at, it's something I've done on a couple of different things so far is look at the percent chance that ESPN gives each team to win every week. Right. And, and let's talk about if that's high, low, where you see it, what you think about it. Um, and we'll go th- quick through these. Like they don't have to be super long, but Florida State, Georgia Tech, um, ESPN gives Florida State a 75.3% chance to win. I think that's pretty right on the money. I don't think that's high or low. And and I, I are you, you know, we don't have to go high or low for every one of them, but I think Florida State beats Georgia Tech. And I think we're both pretty confident there. Yeah. Um, the one I want to get into is they give Florida State a 73%, 72.9% chance to win on the road at Miami this year. Uh, Miami's um, still like a three, three-ish point favorite, three to four point favorite. I think that's crazy. I don't know where they get that from. I, I, do, I think I do think that's crazy. I mean, that's a that's a pretty high percentage. I think when you say on the road at Miami, it, your tone is implying that that actually means something. Um, I don't think it does most years at Miami, but it sure as heck doesn't matter this year. Um, there is no home well, there's advantage. The t- I mean, yes. I mean, I get what you're saying by that, and I'm I'm all for that. But I mean, there is the travel involved. There's there's the being at your home stadium and the familiarity with it and stuff like that. I mean, I think it's much less this year, but I think there's a little bit of a built-in advantage for not having to travel, being able to use your home locker rooms and stuff like that. that I mean, I used to. I think there's a there's a chance Florida State beats Miami. This is a in my opinion this is kind of a pick 'em game. If Florida State beats Miami, I think it's a sign that Florida State is for sure um maybe ahead of schedule, for sure at least on the right path, but maybe ahead of where a lot of people thought they would be at this point this season. But I mean, you're getting into the 70s and percent positives. I don't know where they're getting that from. Yeah, to me, if I had to put a percentage on it right now, I would probably put it at like Florida State wins forty percent, right? Like it's it's Miami gets a little bit of an advantage of, of being at home, but nothing massive. And and Florida State wins four out of ten, which I think is good. Like going on the right. road against anybody, if you can, right. yeah, or against a rival, yeah. Florida State's really really good. For comparison, I'd put Florida State well playing to get at home against the Gators. I'd probably put it at like one out of five, right? Like twenty percent. You know, maybe you win two out of 10, maybe it's closer to 15. If it was in Gainesville, it'd be about 10. So anyway, I, I don't understand 73, yeah. but anyway, who are you, you, you're calling to pick up what, who wins that game though? Who are you um, right now? Okay. So having not seen either team play, I think yeah, I would pick hard. Miami. Um, but I may have yeah. a different answer for you after I watch both these teams play. Yeah, no, I would too. I, I'd pick Miami. I think that I think this early absurd. in the season too. I, I mean, it it happening later in the season may also change things. But yeah, uh, right now sure. that's what I would go with. We'll talk about that next week too, just in case that's changed. Yeah, um, Florida State's in beats Jacksonville State. It's like ninety nine percent, ninety eight point whatever percent. Um, Notre Dame on the road. I mean, if this was home, maybe I'd feel like a little bit bigger chance, but. Uh, Notre Dame seventy three percent. So Florida State actually has a bigger chance of beating Miami than Notre Dame has of beating which is Florida State. Really wild to me. 
Yeah. Um, I think this just kind of speaks to the fact that I think Notre Dame wins this game. I think that, I mean, if you're giving Florida State a one out of four chance of, of winning this game, I think that they're just not very high on Notre Dame either. Yeah, you I was going to say, that's pretty um, generous unless you, Notre Dame is not worth the hype. Yeah, for sure. Uh, a team that does have a lot of hype. So you, I'm sure you've got Notre Dame winning there. A team that does have a lot of hype is UNC. Uh, Florida State has a 63.1% chance to beat UNC. The game is in Tallahassee. Um, See, this I agree with, actually. I know that there's a lot of North Carolina hype. Um, I think that North Carolina is incredibly well coached. I just think Florida State has so much more talent than North Carolina. Yeah, the only thing that worries me in this game is Sam Howell, who is the second best co- quarterback in the conference. I mean, I don't think that's questioned behind you know the best quarterback in the country, Trevor Lawrence. Um, and a lot of times, quarterbacks just absolutely tear Florida State and like the other team, I suppose, tear the Bucks up. Like right. just absolutely, and that's because you know teams can't get pass rush and they sit back there and and can kind of just carve them up. I think Florida State's defense will be better. I, I've got him winning that game, and I like the percentage there. I, I think that Florida State should win six to six and a half times out of ten against North Carolina. Probably should win more, but. You know, so again, it's a weird year. Would this be considered an upset or no because of the percentages that ESPN has? I mean, if you're as just as an FSU fan, if you beat North Carolina, do you consider it an upset? No, not at all. Not, especially not at home. I mean, we'll see. I mean, as of today, like if this was week one, I, I don't, right. you know, we'll see how both teams look then. But no, I don't think so. Um, roles reverse though uh, a team that so the next week a team that willie taggart beat twice in louisville uh florida state goes on the road and has a 37.7 percent chance to beat louisville according to espn percentages was drunk like or so they just are, threw a dart at a giant wall that had a bunch of percentages on it and then wrote down what they hit so they're all like advanced metrics and stuff. Like, you know, there's like a formula. I think they just tell you that. And, <laughs> um, I, a lot of people think this is like a trap game. A lot of people think this is a trap game for Florida State coming off of potentially a big, um, you know, North Carolina win. Um, but I don't know. I think that's really high. I, I think that, I, you know, if you wanted to make Louisville a slight favorite because of you know, it's on the road. That's fine. I think Florida State will be better coached. Again, they have more talent. You know, Willie Taggart beat them twice. Again, I'm not going to try and beat that dead horse, but like, I don't, yeah, I, I think that if you wanted to make Louisville a favorite, that's fine, but it would be like a 55 45 thing to me. So, right. um, I think that percentage is low, and I, I am picking Florida State to win that game. Who do you got there? I think Florida State wins that game as well. Two Sorry, weeks I'm, off. I'm by- apparently a closet FSU fan this year. I love it. I've never liked you so much in my life. What, what, what do you want for lunch? <laughs> I'm coming over. Um, Florida State then gets two weeks to prepare for Pitt. Um, ESPN likes that Florida State gets that much. They have over an 80% chance yeah. to beat Pitt. Yeah. And I, and I think they do that. Um, then get one week off. No, don't, no weeks off, but Florida State goes to NC State. And has a 77% chance to win. I mean, NC State is really bad, and I think that's accurate. I don't think we lose to, um, to I the Wolfpack. I am also glad that things can, do get weird in Raleigh, but uh, without a crowd, right, or with a small crowd, I think that'll 
help FSU. Um, the next week. So wait, let's uh, recap for a second. We're at eight games in. I, I have them then at six and two because of that. You have them at seven and one based on our picks. Is that? No, I've got them at six and two as well. Okay. You have them losing to Miami? Miami and Notre Dame. Okay. You have them. Okay. I forgot you had them losing to Miami as well. Okay. So just for so everybody here, listening, we're, Florida State's at six and two, eight games in, if TJ and I are correct on our pickums here. So the next week is an auto loss. I think this percent might be a little generous. They've got us at 8.7% to beat Clemson. Um, you know, so you play 10 times, you you almost win one. So, um, right. yeah, I, I think that Clemson is far and above the best team in the country, returns the most um, talent by far, uh, and will do to Florida State what they're going to do to everybody else this year, Yeah, you know, minus maybe the playoff. So, yeah, Fl- Florida State has no chance there. I like that it's in Tallahassee. If you offered me a 17-point spread, though, right now, I would still take Clemson. If you offered me a 17-point loss, I would take that in a heartbeat without even the guys taking the field. So, um, But we'll see if we can at least be competitive for a half. I think that would be a great sign for Florida State if they can keep it within a score or two by the time they go into the locker room. Um, after that, Florida State, so 6-3 and three at this point. Florida State has an 81% chance to beat Virginia. And a 73% chance to beat Duke. Virginia's at home after losing Bryce Perkins. Duke's on the road, but again, really, really bad. And I think they win both of those. So I've got us at eight and three through my predictions. I have Virginia beating Florida State. Um, Reserve the right to change my mind when I see these teams play. But as of right now, I have Virginia beating Florida State, Florida State beating Duke. So if that uh, is the case, then I have them sitting at seven and four. So I will say this I have eight and three in my picks. Um, every time somebody asks me for a record prediction, I go with seven and four. And I just don't know where that fourth loss comes, but I think it happens, right? Like I think Florida state is not a, a strong enough, good enough team right now to where you can say um, they are going to beat all the teams they should beat. I think they will lose a game that they shouldn't, whether that be North Carolina, Louisville or Virginia, the one you pick, I think they'll lose one of those three. Uh, I'd love to be wrong on that, and and they go eight and three, uh, but I think that 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 will happen. I could also see Florida State winning a game that I predicted them to lose if it comes to Miami, maybe Notre Dame, but probably the Miami game. So if that was to happen, I would I could see us go eight and three uh, if we start that two and zero oh, uh, by beating Miami. I still think we lose that game that that we shouldn't, but you know we'll we'll see. Um, seven and four, so I, yeah, so I pick seven and four. I've got. Or I picked eight and three. I, I really do have seven and four though, because I just don't know who to pick that loss to. So, yeah. um, two hours away in Gainesville, but actually a few hours away in the Grove this year. Uh, let's go through Florida's real quick. Seventy-eight point nine percent chance to beat Ole Miss. I think that's accurate. I think Florida does win, and I like the percentage. I think that yeah. you know, if if they played this game five times, Ole Miss would beat Florida one time. Right? Fluky things happen in in college football. So, um. I like that one. Much larger percentage coming back to the swamp. 85% chance to beat South Carolina. I like that too. I mean, I I think Florida and South Carolina is always a weird game. We talked about this last uh, podcast, so we won't get deep into it. But it is always a weird game. So it kind of, I don't know. Florida should, should always beat South Carolina. It's a weird game. 
I think they win, but it's probably not by the numbers that people will have wanted us to put up. Yeah, I think the percentage I think the percentage does not indicate the closeness of the game, right? Like I think the game may be closer than what 85% or what 80% feels like it should be uh, or 80, yeah, 85.6. Uh, but I I have no thoughts in my mind that Florida is going to lose to South Carolina, but I mean I think the game like you said could end up being closer. Obviously, if it's close late, then you know that's kind of when you get into trouble with different stuff. But yeah, I think Florida starts out two and zero. I think the biggest trap game on the schedule, and we all know Georgia, we all know LSU, but the next week going to Texas A and M, they've got Florida as a fifty-two point six percent chance to win. A complete, I mean, essentially just a a coin flip um, against probably the best coach they're going to go up against this year. And I think that I think that this is a game that. Florida fans just really aren't talking about, and I really don't know why. Maybe it's just because it's so much focus on Georgia because you could theoretically lose to A&M and beat Georgia and still be fine. But I think this is a trap game. I really don't know which way to pick it. I mean, you're going to pick Florida, but I I have no – I mean, I I just honestly could see this. I I think if it gets played ten times, I think one team wins it five times. Hmm. So, I I mean, I – again – I think it's very hard for us to see what Texas A&M is given who they are they have in their own division. So I I think that there's a decent chance that Texas A&M is a better team than their record from last year indicates. I think they are well coached. I think they have talent. Um I I think Florida wins. I just I kind of think Dan Mullen knows that this is a do or die year. I think that this, and not, and when I say do or die, I don't mean that Dan Mullen is going to get fired if he has a year that is different than what many are expecting. I just think this is the year where you either separate yourself as an urban Meyer or you separate yourself as a Mark Richt. And I just, this is the year for that. I think, um, so I think in maybe other years, Texas A&M is a trap game. Texas A&M gets in the way of something. I just, I think the focus is laser for him this year that I don't think it happens this season. Yeah. And I mean, I definitely get that from Florida's perspective. And what I will say is I don't believe that it's so much a trap game as Texas A&M just being really good. Okay. So I think Texas A&M is really talented too. Like you said, we don't, because of the division they're in, they, you know, last year had auto losses to Auburn, Georgia, uh, Florida. I'm sorry, Auburn, Alabama, and LSU. And they had to play Georgia last year too. And they had to play Clemson. So it's just, you know, we, we didn't really see. I, I think that with Mond coming back and being year three in Jimbo's system, Jimbo did a great job of getting absolutely everything he can out of quarterbacks, much like Dan Mullen. Um, and Jimbo's a great coach who has had a lot of success against Florida, obviously different regimes, but yeah, I just think that, I think that if I had to pick it today, I would pick Florida. And so that'll be my pick for today. But again, we'll kind of see, we'll see, like I pick my end right now. We'll see how the teams look after two weeks. Um, and I could very easily see myself flipping that pick to um, Texas A&M. If it was in the swamp, I think I would be pretty sure about Florida mm-hmm. pulling it out. Um, 
But I think that's going to be one of the best games on Florida's schedule this year, without a doubt. I think it'll be the second best game outside of the cocktail party. I think it's better than the LSU game will end up being. Um, so I got Florida three and zero. The next week I've, uh, is LSU um, in the swamp. Florida has a fifty three point five percent chance winning of winning that game. So essentially the same as Texas, the Texas A&M game, just slightly better than a coin flip. Um, I'll, I'll go first. I think that percentage is a little bit low, but I'm probably splitting hairs if I say that it should be at 60 because, you know, it's it's 6%, right? Like it's, you know, whatever. But I, I think that Florida, I think that with what LSU has lost, they're going to be replacing a lot of talent. I think that it's tough that Florida has to play that coming off of a, a really tough Texas A&M game. Um, but I still think Florida wins that. Not, conv- not necessarily convincingly. I don't really see them blowing LSU out. But I think that in the end of the day, Florida State ends up winning that game in the swamp. Uh, I think Florida wins. I do. That percentage seems a little bit low to me just because I don't think LSU is the LSU that we're that we're used to. Um, they lost a ridiculous amount of talent. They also lost a ridiculous amount of coaches as well. They'll be breaking in a new offensive coordinator, obviously a new quarterback, but honestly, their entire too deep for the most part is new. Um, so given where this falls in the schedule, I'm surprised at the percentage. If this was game 11, you know, 12, like that 12th week, that 11th week, I know we don't play 11 or 12 games, but you know what I mean? That, that space on the calendar, I would probably say that it's more accurate. I'm just surprised this early with that many losses, um, to their roster, to their coaching staff and whatever that it is that I think Florida beats LSU. I don't, I, I think you're right. I don't know that this is a top three game for Florida this year. Yeah. I mean, if it is, it's, it's, it's the third, you know, yeah. behind Georgia and A&M because really outside of those three, I, I'm really not sure there's much. I mean, the Tennessee rivalry is, is, you know, we'll see, but I, I think yeah. they blow them out. We'll get to that one in a second. The one thing that I think favors LSU in this game is that they do have what I would call more tune-up games. Um, they will absolutely obliterate Mississippi state that comes into Baton Rouge week one then they go on the road to Vanderbilt and then they get, Missouri at home. And so I think LSU certainly starts out three and O um, and doesn't have the, the tough, um, you know, weird South Carolina game. And then the hard Texas A&M game that Florida has, I still don't think that's enough for LSU, but I mean, LSU does get to, again, we talked about the difference between a sec cupcake and an AC cupcake and a, sure. and a real you know, cupcake, how, you know, group, group of five cupcake, but um, I think that that somewhat p- plays into a little bit of a benefit for LSU getting to get to play a little worse teams than Florida does to start. But again, not enough to matter. I- I've got Florida winning as of today. Um, an um, interesting like point of reference too at this point. So Florida at this point in the season, every team, uh, the first four teams, three out of the four are breaking in a new offensive coordinator which, you know, usually means a new system, um, which I think is uh, an interesting point of reference. And then they play Missouri and then Georgia, who are both also breaking in new offensive coordinators. So I think that while I think Florida's schedule is difficult, I think that those teams being front-loaded the beginning of the schedule and breaking in new coordinators is really going to be beneficial for Florida, not for for teams. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. So I, I think we'll both pick Florida over Missouri. I don't really think there's a ton. To, I will, to but I do want to say Florida is not good against Missouri. They're just it seems to be that it seems to be that one team that kind of trips them up. It's kind of like the NC State thing with, yeah. with FSU. You know, it's you like know, they're not very good, but they somehow always they have had Florida's number. It's it's usually a noon game. I, I know I went into this rant last week. Florida is not a good noon game team. I don't know why. Thankfully, it's at the swamp this year. Missouri's cold at the end of October. Um, so I, there's a chance that that factored in. I, I mean, a, a noon game where it's cold really sucks. You know, that's, that's uh, up there with a night game because it hasn't had time to, um, warm up yet by the time you're kicking off and it, you know, it's, it's central time there. So you're kicking off at what is 11 AM here. Um, this is at the swamp though. So that's good. And I do think Florida wins, but that game just always gives me pause. Yeah. I agree. They've had some good quarterbacks that that came through there. Like Locke came through, and that was you know why they were able to be pretty competitive there. But yeah, I don't. I I have always thought that in the past. I don't this time. Like I just think that Florida blows them out, and and it's not as tough as normal. I'd love for that to be the case. I'd love for um, them to play her closer. I just don't think it happens yeah. this year. I, yeah. I think that Florida. As a ninety percent, I think they're a ninety-two percent chance of winning that game. According to ESPN, I think it'll be a bloodbath. Um, and then the big one, uh, the 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 one that probably matters more than than anything else this year, uh, Florida Georgia. Um, right now, Georgia sitting is a one and a half point favorite, which I think is fair. And ESPN has them as a fifty-nine point six percent chance to win the game. Uh, I think I'd lower the percentage but still have Georgia as a favorite so maybe 55 56 but uh, that's really splitting hairs to lower a percentage by three or four points and, and I'm not that technical so um you know it's kind of to be determined on this I mean I know where you're gonna go with it um this is the year I, uh, baby yeah, I have heard that for three years in a row. Um, but three years in a row, uh, Florida. <laughs> listen, I you sound like a Georgia fan. I am so like I don't like when we look at a slice of time. Like, give me the last three and a half years to look at. Look at the last twenty and compare well, I'm the just saying what I've heard. I that. mean, like, please. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying what I'm just saying. What I've heard that I'm not saying those are the well, only. I'm just saying in general, Florida fans don't say this is the year against Georgia because this is the year right, has right. been the year most of the time. This past three years has right. sucked. We know what it feels like to have been a Georgia fan for the past 25. Um, this is the year, though. I'm saying it right now. This is the year. But if I'm ESPN and I'm doing predictions, I'm not putting a percentage in the favor of Florida until I see what. Florida puts on the field because we know what Georgia has put on the field the last several years. And I think you got to show yeah, you know, respect about, to that. Yeah. And I don't even know if it's so much the past. I mean, there's probably a little bit of an aspect of that. That's probably why LSU is a little closer than what they should be. But I don't even know if it's so much the past is I still think, I mean, Georgia is still a more talented team. Well, that's overall. what I mean when I look at the past, I, like I, look at the I past that, three or four years recruiting. This is their. I think that one of the top three the talented teams thing, in the country. Yeah, the only thing that could give Georgia a pause or have them stumble at this point is their quarterback play, and I think that uh, Which this if is they don't hilarious. get that figured out, if they don't get that 
if they don't get that figured out, it will be trouble. Um, but did you, you know, see they, uh, they've got time? It's it's not week one. They've got time, and they return the best defense in the SEC. You know, and so I think that Florida really, really struggled on defense last year, and I think that if Florida, I'm sorry, on offense, and if Florida can't score more than 10 points in, in real time, 17 total, you know, like they scored kind of like, then they're not going to win, right? Like they've so got to score more than last 17. Last week we so talked about this and you were talking about how, well, Jamie Newman and, you know, cause I said, George was going to be breaking in a new quarterback and you're like, yeah, but Jamie Newman, he's so good. And he's so, you know, he's, he's battle tested. Well, since we did our last podcast, Jamie Newman has opted out of the season um, for coronavirus concerns. This is amusing to me because he never actually got to step foot on the field as a bulldog. And poor Justin Fields is up there not able to play. Had Kirby Smart just made the right quarterback choice to begin with, they would for sure be in the in the national title contention, they would be a playoff team. I think if Justin Fields is their quarterback. So I'm pumped about the way this played out. Interesting though, Kirby smart. And, and granted, as we said earlier, coach speak is coach speak. So this could be complete crap, but he says that nobody separated themselves in practice after their second scrimmage. Um, that should be concerning to Georgia fans because we're, you've got JT Daniels who transferred from Southern Cal. Um, he was a starter at Southern Cal Um, and uh, Stetson Bennett, who I believe was at Georgia for at least a couple of years as a backup. And then they're competing with Carson Beck, who is a freshman. But if there's no separation between somebody that started for Southern Cal last year, somebody that's been in your offense for a couple of years and a true freshman showing up on campus with the limited amount of access to practices that we've had because of COVID that's a problem. Yeah, no. And I wonder, like we talked about in the beginning of the show, I wonder how much of it is coach speak Uh, JT, uh, JT Daniels only played one game last year um, for USC played the Fresno state game. Ah, well Um, see this, these articles that I've got pulled out that I'm referencing three of them, all three of them refer to refer to him as former Southern Cal starter JT Daniels. So he did, he did start the year and then got hurt and didn't play anymore. <laughs> so, I mean, it's somewhat, I mean, it's, it's. So he is, uh, you've got to think the odds on favorite to win this job. Um, when. I mean, I'd be shocked if not. I mean, they just hand the ball off every time anyway. Well, those like five star running backs. not a good sign if he doesn't. Um, I would suspect. But, uh, I mean, so I, so not I a good like, situation to so be I, in though two weeks before the season starts. Not the best. Um, here's my say. I've got Georgia winning this game until I see anything better. Florida's offense has to improve uh, for the game to matter because, again, I think JT Daniel can go back there and, and or whoever can go and hand the ball off to their five star running backs. And Florida wasn't great against the run last year. And that's, you know, and, and Fromm hit a couple of, of nice passes on third down and, and that was the game, right? Like right. Fromm didn't light them up or anything either. So like right. having a bad quarterback or having a, an overrated quarterback or not very good, it, it didn't hurt Georgia last year, you know? And, and so I think the things that did hurt them were Georgia's defense and Georgia's running game. And those things are still great. And so, um, so I think Georgia wins the game. Again, everything's subject to change. I mean, we, we may kind of see that Georgia, you know, but as of today, if that game happens today, I mean, I, I, I like Georgia. Um, 
We've got a couple more. Arkansas, just absolute blowout. Uh, soon come, I mean, 92%. The worst team in the SEC, so. Yeah. Um, Vanderbilt, Florida has a 95% chance to win that game. Another win for Florida. Uh, Kentucky and Tennessee late in the year. I'm not picking either of those teams. Florida has a 83% chance to beat Kentucky and an 80% chance to beat Tennessee on the road. I- I'm not going to pick Kentucky or Tennessee. I will say that getting both of those teams at the end of the year is is weird. I don't like and that that placement. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just, you know, who knows how well they're gelling, who knows what, who injuries? Knows what injuries look like for yeah. their team. Uh-huh. But but I am not picking either of those teams. I, I'm not going to say, you know, I heard somebody on some stupid show the other day and they were like, oh, I'm going to pick this team because I think this team's going to have some injuries. I'm just like, how do you that's factor in injuries to... into predictions? Yeah. Like, that's the weirdest thing. Well, who's getting injured? I don't know. They just could have some injuries. Well, anybody could have injuries, you know? Sure. So shut up. Like, that's so stupid to me. So, yeah, I've got Florida win all. I, I've got, okay, so here's the thing Florida goes nine and one, uh, loses to Georgia again but wins the SEC because Georgia loses two SEC games, one to Bama, one to somebody they shouldn't. So yeah. I, I'll, I'll go with that. Florida, so, which which if I offered you that right now, would you take it? I mean, would you take that over anything? I mean, so what I was about to say is I know I just predicted that Florida wins every single one of these games. I How much do you have them beating Clemson by? Florida beating Clemson? what i was gonna say is i still think florida finishes the season nine and one even though i know i just sat here and said that florida will win every one of these games i'm not 100 sure where it will come and obviously i hope florida runs the table florida's never had an undefeated season so i'm not um necessarily confident so predicting it predicting it is, is wild here. by you predicting <laughs> predicting it would be wild because it's something that has like i mean florida florida just doesn't go undefeated. They definitely don't go undefeated in years they win national titles. That's for damn sure. Um, but couldn't relate. Can't relate. I um, think they play in the SEC title game, though. I do. I think they play in the SEC title game. If they go ten and zero, I think that that solidifies Dan Mullen as probably the second best coach in the SEC. Um, I think. I, I think he's a better game day coach than Kirby Smart. I think that's what's going to be the difference in this game because I do believe that Georgia still has an edge talent-wise. I think you can look at recruiting and see that to be the case. Um, But I think Dan Mullen is a better game day coach. I think Dan Mullen is the second best game day coach in the SEC. And I think we're going to get a chance to see that this year. Um, But again, 10-0 with this schedule – uh, in an all-conference year is is just risky. I feel like and unlikely. Yeah, yeah. I could. It's see, honestly probably unlikely for everyone. Yeah, I could see. Um, I could see eight and two. I, mean, I could see the loss to Georgia and loss to A and M or LSU. Um, eight and two doesn't get you to the to the championship. Right. I guess unless right. the unless you beat Georgia and lose to the other two. Um, I could see eight and two. I think nine and one is probably, you know, more likely. I don't know that I can see ten and zero. Kind of like you said, I think the the stretch of A and M, LSU, Missouri, and Georgia in four games in five weeks. I think there's a loss in there somewhere. Probably not to Missouri, but one of the big three that we've mentioned. Maybe the Tennessee game gets weird at the end, but again, if you just lose to Tennessee and win the rest of them, you you go to the SEC championship. Uh, and we deserve to see, 
I mean, we deserve to see Alabama against Georgia or Florida again because that's just what the SEC should be, right? So I I think that, you know, I mean, we get to see Georgia-Alabama this year. Um, so that's fun, but it's it's more fun in Atlanta. And, uh, you know, Florida-Alabama is a lot of fun in Atlanta too. So I think that um, – I think that – you know, we'll we'll kind of see, you know, how how it goes. I I am picking Florida to go to the SEC title game, but that's but not because they beat Georgia, but because Georgia has two losses. So we will see. Uh, so I got Florida at nine and one. Um, but results to be determined because I might change my idea on on a lot of these soon. So, um, have you been watching the Lightning? I have been watching the Lightning, although I did not watch. Uh, on so quickly. I did not. Yeah, they got up so fast the other night that I did not watch that one. But in general, I have been and I will be watching tonight, eight o'clock. We're going to have a Stanley Cup in Tampa. Yeah, I I mean, well, in in Canada, but kind of in Tampa. You know what I mean? (laughs) Um, (laughs) It kind of sucks that we can't go because I would certainly be. um, Certainly be there. Like I would certainly Uh, be at some of these games and stuff, but. Yeah, like they are going to go to the Stanley Cup. I would be shocked if they were to lose the Islanders. We'll know by next week, though, because it's every two days. So I like the way the format goes. Yeah, I like the way that it goes, too. You know, when um, Tampa won the Stanley Cup, um, I guess, gosh, at this point, what was it, almost a decade ago, they brought the cup to Chili's. 16 years. uh, Oh, my God. Was it really 16 years? No. Tell me. 2004, yeah. Oh my God, that makes me feel so old. They brought the cup to Chili's on well, Bruce McDowns, Um, and I got to touch it, and it was pretty cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I've gotten pictures with it and stuff. It's, I mean, it's super cool. But yeah, I, I really like to win. Vegas is really, really good. So we'll see if we can do get to the final, you know, what we can do there. But um, I think it'd be super awesome to, to win that. Um, and that's we all I got. Oh, the Lakers. What it was like to parlay well. the Lightning winning, the Rays winning, and the Bucks winning. And you don't actually win as much money as you would suspect. So apparently that means that there's some decent chances of all of those things happening. Yeah. If you'd have gotten them earlier, yeah. it would have been one thing. But like the Lightning are the favorite now. The Rays have the best record in the AL, you know, and the Yankees stink. And then, you know, the Bucks have top five odds too. So uh, it's not as crazy high as it would have been like right. six months ago if you would have put that money down. Um, now that you see that two of them are going to win it, I mean, you don't get any money credit for that. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, um, Cool. Um, well, that's all I've got. Lakers look good too. So if, if I can get two titles out of this year, I think I will be ecstatic i mean if i get one i'll be happy right like if just the lightning win and just the lakers win but i feel really good about the lakers and the lightning so we'll see um other than that that's all i got i don't have anything else for today you no that's all i got i'm excited uh watch some real games this weekend we continue to have some more real stuff to talk about which is such a nice change i i don't know about you but i really enjoyed twitter this weekend people stopped pretending to be political analysts and started being obnoxious football fans again. And it was fabulous. It was very nice um, to have real football back on time. Oh, speaking of real football, Jalen Ramsey, highest paid defensive back in NFL history, uh, signed a massive extension. So shout out 
to, um, again, the highest paid defensive back ever. Something that only one of us can claim for our schools at this point. So um, another thing about the NFL that I want to bring up, one more thing and then we'll go. Um, Bruce Arians, on the importance of upgrading the run game. I know this is a shot of Jameis, and I know you're not a Jameis fan, but I still need to talk with you about like a truthfulness and honesty fan. Bruce Arians, on the importance of upgrading the running game and how much it was needed. We needed a running game last year, but we kept falling behind by 14 points in the first four minutes. So your run, your run game's out of the window, especially in the two games against the Saints. Um, the Buccaneers never fell behind by 14 points in the first four minutes of a game last year. And I realized that was his convenient way to throw Jameis under the Bucs. So you think he's uh, saying fact, that because he threw interceptions in, that, that that's the issue? Because couldn't that also have been a knock against his defense? If you just kind of listen to the tone all year um, of, of in this offseason, it's, it's very much been knocks against that, not against the defense. Um, cause in other interviews, he's said, well, when you turn the ball over every single time on the first drive, which again, happened three times out of 16, not every time, but again, that's getting a little three too literal times out of 16 that, I mean, that's still, so here's the, here, here's the point. Um, we kept falling behind by 14 points in the first four minutes of the game. Uh, the Buccaneers led or were tied at the half in 12 of the 16 regular season games. They were within 7, 10, 2, and 13 in the other four. So we, we never even trailed by. I can't believe you even took the time to research this. You are such a Jameis Homer. <laughs> so for a coach to say we kept falling behind by 14 and we literally led or were tied at the half in 12 games is ridiculous. Just absolutely asinine. <laughs> to the point where I know that all these guys are so prideful. But would it not just be okay to say like, yeah, we weren't a great team last year? Yeah. You know, we, yeah. Well, what it is, yeah, but, is what it I is, mean, is, if he's trying to hype asking for Ned and I mean, well, it's coach speak. We talked about a, this. They're asking, well, it's just coach speak and lying, right? Like everybody look good out there is coach speak, you know. But it also is I a lie. Run, I, I didn't run the ball because Jameis kept throwing interceptions when we led at the half in more games than we trailed just puts it on him. It's, it's him shifting the blame. Right. I'm not saying that James wasn't bad last year. I'm not saying that he didn't throw too many interceptions. I'm just saying when we just blatantly make stuff up to dog other people, when we were, I mean, as bad as James was on the, I mean, as bad as a 5,000 yard and 33 touchdown quarterback could be, you know, he's the best worst quarterback I've ever seen. Uh, or the worst best, however you put it, you know, like I mean, with, with uh, Bruce words. Arians, was, Bruce, Bruce Arians was terrible too. I mean, uh, for a guy to intentionally take a five yard penalty before a field goal that ended up missing for a guy to, if a quarterback yeah, has cool. 30 interceptions, for, if a quarterback has 30 interceptions and you still throw him out there to throw the ball 55 times a game, I mean, what, 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 I mean, why would you keep having him, you know, bench him, run the ball, run, like do something. So, I mean, Arians is an ass clown too. So, oh, now well, we're did not you see Fournette said that he yeah. is so excited to, for the first time in his career, have a real quarterback. And all I kept seeing was UCF fans freaking out about Blake Bortles. I mean, 
yeah, Bortles sucks. You but know, also, I don't think that there's very many people that could say they've had a quarterback as good as Tom Brady, except for the people that have actually played with Tom Brady. So, I mean, I think that that is uh, – most running backs are going to say they haven't played with a quarterback as good as Tom Brady because that's a, tr- a truthful statement. However, I just thought it was funny, and I know that UCF fans are butthurt about it. I enjoy that. I enjoy every time they're upset, for sure. Me too. So, I enjoy it. Um, Sorry, guys. Did you see um, the anyway, commercial? Right. Um, the uh, ho- the it's all coming back to me. Football commercial that ESPN aired this whole weekend. If you haven't, look it up. I'll tweet you uh, a link to it. It's hysterical. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know that I have. Maybe oh I have, God, but I so kind of stop. I kind of flip around a lot, so I don't watch a lot of commercials. But um, yeah, shoot it to me. All right, I will. I will do that. I put my picks in, so you guys look to um, look for the link that TJ's been tweeting out, so that you can do a pick 'em against us. Um, but yeah, till next week. Cool. Sounds good. I'll see you next week. Go Knowles. You can say it too. Eh, I'll I'll refrain. <laughs> All right. See you next week.
baby, trouble, baby, did my thing, love me, hate me, all in London, yelling Georgia, Euro better suffocate me, hold it down for country, leave them mothers up and shady, give a damn if silly sisters think I'm good or lucky, pay me, tell them watch it, they don't want it, however they can get it, told them about that chatter, y'all better go with it, infiltrated mainstream, maintaining the same theme, polo shirts and pigs, can't even get them stains clean, ain't too much I ain't seen, in between LaGrange and Athens, ups and downs, rights and lefts, all around me, planes is crashing in it, how we ready now, the new south has arrived, these savages is finna eat, and won't stop till they satisfied, we ready. 